0: Hi, this is Jay Gennaro with Avanti Group, and I'm here with Rich Nyron, Chief Accounting Officer at Iridium Communications. Iridium is a publicly traded global satellite communications company, and Rich is going to share his insights on a variety of topics with us. Rich, thanks for being with us today.
1: Jay, thanks for having me, and it's an honor to be a part of your thought leadership piece.
0: Rich, please give me a two-minute bio on your professional background.
1: Yeah, so, so I, I followed a relatively traditional path. And I spent about ten years in public accounting. I left KPMG as a senior manager, and then veered off course a little bit, and uh, head, went back to school, grabbed my MBA, uh, and then did something really unique. And I went to an equity research shop, but not one of the sell-side shops that are that are somewhat traditional for MBA grads. But I went to, you know, kind of a, a short interest sell-side shop. We were identifying uh, short candidates for hedge funds and insurance companies and so on. It was you know, a really interesting place to to stop over and learn quite a bit about, you know, public company thinking and public company, you know, accounting, because that's what we evaluated on a daily basis. And what that really highlighted for me was that what I really want to do, what really excited me was helping a company grow and achieve its goals from the inside instead of, you know, critiquing it from from the outside. And so I then left and was part of a privately held company and you know, while we had aspirations for IPO the IPO market was a little tighter than when uh, when I came to public accounting and we eventually sold that business and then I popped through several different uh, publicly traded companies you know moving up along the way and you know that, that progression ultimately culminated in you know my, my tenure here at at iridium as the chief accounting officer and so that that's kind of a 2 minute bio
0: what do you feel like, um, at a high level, are, are the top trends, threats, or opportunities related to accounting for public companies?
1: The top trend in, in publicly traded companies seems to be you know, doing, doing more with less. And specifically, what that is, it's kind of predicated on a couple of things. First, we're going to have this convergence, you know, one set of global accounting standards at some point. Yeah, rational people can disagree on what that timing is and whether it actually will will happen, but it just seems to make sense to me that at some point we've got one set of rules globally on accounting and reporting. Uh, that's likely in my lifetime, although yeah, I don't know what the exact date of that is, but that's going to present a tremendous amount of opportunity for people in, 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 in public companies to you know, expand their skill sets and learn a whole new set of rules. And that's kind of starting... In bits and pieces with this new revrec guidance that's that's come out recently, and that's one step down the path of convergence, right? And so what you're going to see is you know, increased increased need for accountants as these new rules and regs come into effect and force companies such as such as Iridium, I mean, we're not a huge company, uh, to do more with less, and so. I see that as one of the biggest trends you know, over over my at least 10 plus years in publicly traded companies.
0: What innovative ideas or strategies are you doing within your department?
1: Yeah, so keep sticking with the theme of doing more with less, um, we don't have unlimited resources. Most companies aren't $10 billion with you know, unlimited resources to put into accounting and finance functions. And so what we try and focus on within Iridium is again, doing more with less automation, finding tools or systems that you can utilize in order to limit the amount of manual processing and allow people to, to move away from from transaction processing and move into data analysis, because that's really where the value add is in accounting and finance. It's not necessarily the transaction processing, but what do you do with that information once you have it? You know, and that for us, that's that's everything from integrating our payable system with our our commercial bank, to you know, management of uh, our commercial credit arrangements. So it's you know it's kind of a wide wide breadth of area and exposure, but it's all it's all predicated on the thought of you know what can we do more cost and time efficiently and allow us to get a better output.
0: How have you, you know, when deciding which areas to automate, how, how have you decided what to do first and what to prioritize?
1: Yeah, much of it is, is cost-benefit. Will the, this intended system provide me with the most bang for the buck? And while, you know, over the last four years we've done multiple of these implementations, it's not as though we walked in four years ago and had a stack ranking of 10 different projects. We've tried to identify those we thought would give us the most bang for the buck, do a cost-benefit analysis on those, and then either choose them or discard them based on their relative merits at the time. And what that's led us to is this constant stream of systems implementations in order to better automate our our systems in-house. And what that really has allowed us to do also is to do more implementations. You can't possibly do all the implementations you want day one, and so you spread them out over some number of periods. And we still have some left on our on our plate to evaluate and some that we have evaluated and are scheduled for implementation in the future.
0: Mm-hmm. What, what do you think has been the biggest challenge that you've had so far in your current role and, and how did you overcome it?
1: Yeah, so my current role has evolved over the last four years from something of a more traditional accounting controller role to, you know, a more dynamic finance oriented accounting officer. And what that's forced me to do is shift my thinking away from the daily debits and credits and more towards what is the business strategy behind any potential business deal? And how do we in finance and accounting help support that business deal? Does it make sense for the business? what are the accounting implications what are the cash flow implications and then how does that you know that relative cash flow fit into our cash management profile and that's that's very important in fact critical to us in the way we think here at iridium because you know we're we've embarked on and we're very far down the path of a 3 billion dollar network build out right so we have a constellation of satellites and we are replacing all of those satellites in the constellation over the next two and a half years. We're on the precipice of launching this next generation of satellites. And so this $3 billion you know, constellation is going to require most of our liquid capital. And so cash management is eminently important to us and it's what we think about on a daily basis more so than most things around here. So any potential business arrangement has to fit into you know, our, our long range thinking about our cash needs. So that's been the kind of the biggest challenge that, that I've faced over the last four years around here.
0: What do you feel like has been your biggest professional achievement?
1: Yeah, I don't know that there's been any one professional achievement, right? My, my career has been you know, identified by singles and doubles instead of you know, <laughs> big professional home run achievement. You know, I've been a part of transactions. I've been a part of a bankruptcy I've been a part of multiple IPOs. All of those are interesting, fun to deal with at the the moment you're involved in them. And they all provide you with a different way of looking at transactions, businesses, and and just the way the world operates. And so I wouldn't trade any of those for a different experience. But none of those in and of themselves I would characterize as some hallmark professional achievement. You know, we, we... we raised 300 plus million in in equity over the last three and a half years here. I, I supported those transactions, but I wouldn't characterize those as a a professional achievement. Right? I want a great a top ten list. If this was Sports Center, right? This is right. Yeah. You know, every one of those helps contribute. Every transaction that you're a part of, every every business decision you make, helps a company achieve its goals. And that's really what it's about, is helping the company achieve its goals in the most cost-effective manner possible.
0: You mentioned a couple of IPOs that you've been through and <clears throat> some other things. Now, were, were these uh, transactions, things that you uh, were selected to be involved with? Did you? How, how did you get involved with these activities?
1: Yeah, so I came from public accounting in the the days of people doing IPOs on the back of napkins, right, where the business plan was nothing more than a projection of a hockey stick revenue growth pattern without really much thought into a business model or you know, the systems to carry out that business model. And so you know, what that really presented me with was an opportunity to work with many different companies on IPOs, some of which were successful and some of which you know, never really got out of the gate, and some of which kind of flamed out after after going public. And so I kind of saw multiple different life cycles through the through the IPO process. But it was more, yeah, you know, a prod, the result of my involvement in public accounting at a time when IPOs were a dime a dozen.
0: So last question. So imagine you're in a time machine and you can go back in time to the beginning of your career working within public accounting or publicly traded companies. What advice would you give yourself, excuse me, what advice would you give to your younger self?
1: Yeah, so so I, I think you heard me earlier say you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade my experiences for, for the world. Um, and I think the experiences that I've had have led me to where I am today. And I'm very happy with where I am today and what I'm doing today and kind of the path that, that I've, I've set out for myself. So I would recharacterize the question is what would I tell you know, someone who was who was aspiring was in the same role I was in, you know, 15 years ago in public accounting. And what I would say to them is, is, you know, do your five to seven years in public accounting. It's an amazing platform for growth and learning, and it's it really is dog years in in corporate learning. Uh, but then, you know, get your MBA or get into a finance shop or do both. Right. Go, but ultimately be a part of the finance side of the business as well. Because what you learn on the finance side of the business isn't the parochial debits and credits of accounting. It's what is the strategy behind business decisions? It's really the lifeblood of corporate development, which you're not going to learn in a traditional accounting environment. And so you gotta get a step out of that box a little bit into the finance world to really see the way the way businesses operate and run. And that gives you an opportunity to interact with channel team members within those businesses who really are the the pointy part of the spear right they're the tip of the spear on the, on the corporate development side and those are the those are the guys who really need the support from accounting and finance because they're trying to make it all happen out there on the front lines with the customers
0: right excellent well today we've been with Rich Niren from Iridium Communications thanks for your time Rich and we appreciate your fantastic insights
1: jay my pleasure